My granddaughter, Faith, uh, is uh, beautiful, fun, cool, and cute, but she's that age kind of right now where she's like in those middle school, high school years where being cool and cute makes her a little bit like not so cool and cute sometimes. But that's a different thing. But she's awesome. Whenever she signs a Christmas card or birthday card, I think, to me, she always signs it from your favorite human in the world. And she's absolutely right. She's my favorite. She's the best. But she is a little liar. (laughs) Within the last year, she told me, she looked me in the eye when we were at the mall, and she wanted this pair of Vans shoes. And she said, if I get these Vans shoes, I will never need anything, other gift, shoes thing at all, ever from you. Within two months, it shifted from Vans shoes to black Converse that she had to have, the black Converse high tops. And two weeks ago, she needed white Converse high tops. <laughs> that idea of, of a gift, if I could just get this gift somehow, I would be happy forever. You would never have to get anything for me again. My wife told me that about uh, animals that we have in our house, that she would take care of them too and all that. And she's a little liar too. <laughs> and she came to the last service, so she'll never even know, and I'll deny it. Wonder what it is you want for Christmas this year. On the top of that note, she'll be, uh, my, my phone number's up here. Uh, text me right now, and then get ready to yell it out in a bit. Parents, uh, if you have kids with you, text for them on their behalf. What do you want for Christmas this year? What do you really want right now for Christmas? And, and don't do peace on earth and the love and the joy and the spirit of Christmas. That's a lie. You want something. Talk about what you really, really want for Christmas. Put that down. We're going to talk about that in a bit. But I thought about Christmas and like gifts and things like that. And there's a, a famous song that we sing at Christmas every year. Well, we don't sing it, but it's sung, you hear it. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. If my true love gave me a partridge in a pear tree, I'd break up with them. <laughs> Who wants a partridge in a pear tree? What is wrong with that kind of gift, that crazy thing? Other kinds of gifts and things that are out there. We see this one. Remember this? Ralphie, Christmas story, the Red Rider. Rifle, and I was like, oh my gosh, if I could just get that, just have that. Then there, then there was uh, this one here that was like, it's 8-bit, it's a movie that Nintendo, uh, that, that's right now it's out there on Netflix, it's streaming right now. It's just the, re, it's Christmas Story redone, modern day, and it's now that. It's also, remember these, remember this when the shelves were empty of these parents? PlayStation 5, last year you couldn't get these, and then this was the one. Some of you are going, yeah, I was the kid that made my parents go out there and, and mortgage our property in order to get one of those for me. The shelves are empty. And then, of course, this one, too. Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah, all that fun kind of stuff. And, and then it's in our movies. It's in our Christmas songs, this idea of maybe this year the joy of Christmas will get the friends, will get the joy, and it will last. Like Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, had a very shiny... If you ever saw it, you but none of the other reindeer ever used to let him join in any reindeer games. And then, one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, you got it right, Rudolph, with your, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? And then what does it say? Then all the reindeer loved him. As they shouted out with glee, Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, you'll go down. And he was awesome. He was popular. He had friends. He got what he wanted for Christmas. And then there's the other the, uh, movies and things. I mean, one of the great Christmas films of all time, and you can debate with me all you want about whether or not it's a Christmas film, 
Die Hard. One of the great, but, but, but watch this here too, because it's a Christmas, sorry, not because it just happens at Christmas time. Watch this. The evil Satan person comes in and takes over the world of Nakatomi, the whole plaza there. And then there's, look, wait, wait, wait for it. Then there's the unlikely savior who flies in to save the world from the evil, evil thing. I know I'm pushing it a little bit, but trust me, it's, shut up. It's my movie and I love it. There's the whole vacation movies, Clark Griswold, you know, thinks if I could just make enough money, just be successful. And then on Christmas, if I can decorate my house good enough. Remember that? When he flips the house, he wants to make sure his house is the best of all. And then one of the great Christmas films of all time, Buddy. Buddy the Elf. And it's a goofy, fun Christmas movie. You know what Buddy wants? He wants his dad. He wants his dad. He just wants that dad to love him. And the whole thing, maybe it'll happen at Christmas time. And of course, the movies all promise you what your advertising is telling you, that if you just take out your credit card right now and swipe this or do this, you too can have a magic Christmas and it will last forever for you. They are liars to you. Because the gifts, do they ever last? Get curious. You guys have texted me some of these things. I'll read some of these, but yell them out for me. What gifts do you guys want for Christmas this year? Okay, so here in America, when I ask a question, you're supposed to answer that. Loud. A Nintendo Switch? Who? A 3D printer? Pick that mine, yeah. Perfume bottles? With no... What do you want? Say that for me, because I can't hear her. A Maserati? <laughs> there we go, Dad. That's awesome. What else? Danny? Pennies? Something. No drama with the family? Somebody put down for you to wear a suit every weekend. Dream on, pal. Yeah. Yeah, no way. Um, Taylor Swift... My daughter asked Santa for a hairless cat. I mean, those hairless cats look like something's wrong with them. Hey, but I know they're probably awesome. Was her right there? Of course. Uh, (laughs) I won't say who this is. Um, Laryngitis for my wife. (laughs) His wife clearly is not with him today. Uh, that this is a, a, a crazy drama wish. Like, this is like the impossible one of all for the Cowboys to finally win today. <laughs> a house, Nintendo Switch, um, electric go-kart, a job offer, retiring from the military in 63 days, a VR system. Yeah, all those kind of things are the kinds of gifts that we want at Christmas. Somebody, we were testing this, la- uh, talking about this this week, and somebody said, the gift I wanted, it was like several years ago, I wanted a, wait for it, a salad shooter. I'm thinking, do I really want to know what a salad shooter is? But anyway, salad shooter, I guess it does, yeah, it slices and dices. It makes a salad for you. I guess it kind of, it does all that kind of stuff. Um, and sometimes, too, when we talk about Christmas, it's not just the stuff we want. It's, it's the intangible stuff sometimes that my marriage, my kids, my health, Mental, physical, emotional health, my finances, my job, 
all that and more. We sometimes want that, and we think, if I could just get this. But those of you who have been around for a while, who now have children, and your children, you actually got your child that gift. How long did that last where they were happy? Did it happen through Christmas, even through Christmas Day? Probably not, right? It, it never, ever lasts. And it always promises, you think, maybe this year is the year it's, it's, it's going to happen. Kids, look at me for a second. You have your little your things you're looking at and you're doing. Do that. But may, here's a little thing for you guys to think about. Maybe with one of those gifts that you got for Christmas last year that you really don't really use much anymore, it's still in your room and you have it. Maybe you, this year, do an unexpected thing and sometime between today and next, next weekend, you go find somebody that maybe wants that gift or could use that gift. You give an unexpected gift to somebody who wouldn't get one. And maybe, watch out, kids, here's a really big dare for you. What if you didn't just take a gift that you didn't want anymore? What if you took a gift that you actually got this year? Now, not the big gift, because like, let's not be crazy about that. But maybe a gift you got this year and thought, maybe somebody could use that. Maybe you'll find out that the, how Jesus says it's more blessed to give than receive. And when you really give something you really love and you really wanted and not just something that's just left over, just something to think about this year. We've been talking about this idea of unexpected Christmas, the, the unexpected people that God spoke to first, the wise men and the shepherds, the unexpected ways that God works with Mary and Joseph and how all that work. Today is about the unexpected gifts and we want Jesus to do some things. To, usually it's to fix something. For some of us, this year has been difficult. Guys, in the last two weeks, shooting the last, last year, we've had some very, I'm not making eye contact with some of you right now, but some just awful stuff, man. Anyone, when's that going to get better? When's that ever going to, merry blankety-blank Christmas to us, you know, it just, or things are really challenging right now for different reasons in your Life. You want God to step in and, and do something. And one of the challenging things, I've had several meetings with people and conversations, friends and part of our Crosspoint family here just going, I just want to know I matter to God. Because it feels like if I just pray and nothing happens, it just feels like, well, then what am I doing here? I see God answer other people's prayers. I see people, God answer people's prayers who are like a hot mess moron disaster. How come they get stuff taken care of? And what about, what about me and us? And so you come to God at this time of year, God, this is what I want from you. And, and I appreciate that. I mean, the scriptures make it clear that every good and perfect gift we have, whether or not you're a Christian follower of Christ today or you're an atheist today, every good thing in your life, whether you know it or not, came from God, directly and indirectly. God's the source and the author of all of it. He makes the rain shine. He gives jobs. He, all that kind of stuff. He does all of that for us. But the reason he does it is to get our attention. Because every answer to prayer that God does for you, every miracle thing that God has done and will do for you, uh, is called a sign from God. And the one thing you know about a sign is that it does not point to itself. A sign's always trying to say, hey, look over there. When God answers your prayers, you're always trying to say, hey, don't just get preoccupied with the gift right here. Get excited about the giver of the gift. Kids today, here's how you get great gifts from mom and dad forever and ever. When Christmas is all done, 
Look them right in the eye and tell them how much you love them and how grateful you are to them for how hard they worked for you and what they did and all the things that Christmas means and how grateful you are to them. That'll be a great thing to not just be focused on the gift, but on the giver too of those gifts. Jesus illustrates this over and over again. There's a, uh, a story. He's got 20,000 people on the, on the side of the Sea of Galilee. They've gathered for days. There's no food trucks coming in. They can't drop ship anything in. And there's, food has run out. There's one kid, probably this little girl sitting right over here, or this little boy sitting next to her, has a happy meal. It's a filet of fish happy meal. And the disciples find out about it, go, all we have here is a happy meal. And Jesus goes, I can use that. And he starts breaking it apart and breaking it apart and breaking it apart and breaking it apart and feeds 20,000 people and there's so much food that no, it's not like it got a little bit to take the edge off the hunger. They had piles of leftovers and they were, and people were stuffed when it was all over. And so when Jesus does that for me, you know what I'm going to do when Jesus leaves? Go find Jesus again. It says the next day they came, he was on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. They went looking for God. Hey, we love that bread that you have the bread. You have the bread. Come on, do that again. And Jesus looks at him and says, I don't just have the bread. I am the bread. And he says, you have understood if you eat me, my words, and believe in me, you will discover something that transcends human hunger and all that stuff, that you, all, this, all this stuff that the world's telling you you have to have to satisfy you. Another time he's with a, a woman outside this, uh, a city in Samaria. She's getting water at noon, which tells you like something's wrong here because in the heat of desert sun, you don't go out to a well to get water at noon. You come at the beginning of the day. And he says, hey lady, can I have a drink of water? And she looks at him and goes, what are you asking me for water for, pal? I don't know if he thinks he's hitting on her, if he's, you know, what, he just, she has no idea who this guy is. And Jesus says, oh, lady, if you only knew who it was that's talking to you, you would ask him, and he would give you water. Wait for it. You'll never be thirsty again. And she goes, sir, give me that water so I don't have to keep coming back here. She's thinking, okay, he's going to do indoor plumbing or something at her house, and water's just going to flow in there. That's awesome. Miraculous water is going to appear right outside of her house. And he says, oh, lady, I don't just have the water. I am the water. Another time, paralyzed Joe. We don't know if that's his name, but I just call him Joe. I give people real names when we don't know their names. Joe's been paralyzed his whole life, and his friends tear off the roof of the joint to get to Jesus, and they lower him down in. And this guy comes in, and Jesus sees that he's paralyzed. You know what he says to him? Some of you know the story, but don't give it away. What would you expect Jesus to say? Here's a paralyzed guy. Get up and walk. He'd heal him. You know what Jesus says to him? Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, if I'm Joe, I'm going, thanks very much, Jesus. i got bigger problems than my sin right now. You heal me of this thing, and oh, maybe we can talk about my sins being forgiven. And here's what you got to get, guys, because when Jesus was born, when Joseph named Jesus at his christening, the angel told him, name him, not Joseph, which is what you would do with your firstborn son, name him Yeshua, Jesus, because he will save his people from their, what's in that blank there? Their sins. See, here's what I want. I want Jesus to save me from my problems. Jesus goes, I'm not here to save you from your problems. I'm here to save you from your sin. I'm not here to help you feel better. I'm here to help you get better. Because look, Jesus could solve some of your problems right now. And you would walk out of here today and things would be resolved. You would feel fantastic. You know how long that would last for? For about a week. 
Marriage gets restored, the job gets happening, your health gets better, and you'll be good, and that'll last for a bit, and then you go, eh. Jesus says, look, if you would understand there is something far more profound that's wrong with your soul, that if you actually don't just feel better, if you actually get better, you know what's gonna happen? You're gonna feel better. He's here not just to meet our wants, but to give us what we really, really, really need. And so the thing for us today is the same thing as it was for them back then. They want Jesus to solve problems, to give gifts, to dispense stuff for them, and he certainly does that. But Jesus looks at us today on Christmas time and says, hey, wait a minute. What if I don't just have the gift? What if I am the gift? And a couple times this week I've looked at people and said, what if God doesn't answer your prayer? but what if you really got Jesus? And what if you got Jesus and you would discover when there's a, a, a person who went through all kinds of tragedy that said, until Jesus is all you need, Jesus will be, it, it's, it's beautiful, it's fantastic. We think we need all this stuff out there. Jesus is like, when well, you got me, I'm, I'm the gift. That's why Paul says in, in the book of Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, it says, thanks be to God, not for his indescribable gifts, but for his indescribable gift. And the unexpected gift of Christmas is not that the Savior of the world comes to solve the problems of a political system gone awry or of my marriage gone south or health or taxes or money or all that. Zoom in here for a bit. We don't have a nativity scene here, but just imagine one here and zoom in. Get your cam- Don't really get your camera out, but fake get your camera out and zoom in here past the stable past the sheep and the goats and the camels past the wise men and the shepherds past Mary and Joseph and past even the manger that sits right here have you seen him we were praying today about the service because a lot of us know all about Jesus. Even if you're not a Christian, we live in the West where there's manger scenes everywhere. Everybody knows, well, Jesus Christ, Christmas. Yeah, something about Jesus being born. Everybody knows about Jesus. But do you, do you, have you seen him? Do you know who that is laying in that right there? The God who spoke, look at this, this into existence. Leave this up for a bit. When you see that, what you're thinking right now is like that's like sand on it, like God created the sands and the ocean, all that. You know what that is? 500 million stars of the Andromeda galaxy. Now, it's not all 500 million because you couldn't fit them all up there. And there are billions of galaxies with billions of gazillions of stars. Guys, we can't measure the size of the universe. Look at the other pictures up here that are coming up. God, that baby laying in that manger that's laying right there, little six-pound, 12-ounce baby Jesus, spoke that into existence. He didn't make it out of the stuff that was there. He went, universe, now. And it went, bang. And we have this. And then the people he spoke into existence said, go away and leave us alone. And sin entered the world. And instead of just going, bang, out of existence, he says, I'm going to come and become one of you. And not like Clark Kent and not superheroes, Avengers and Captain America, and I've lost track of all the superheroes and who they are all and that kind of stuff, but he doesn't come here from another place fully formed. He comes as a little fetus growing inside of, little, of Mary. 
and he's born into this world sitting there and look at him. The one who spoke the universe into existence spoke the universe into existence has to be taught how to read and write and how to walk. See Mary right there. Mary has to pick up that little baby Jesus who spoke the universe into existence and burp him and change his diaper. That's the humiliation that God went through, the creator God, to come on this rescue mission for us. And he says, I am, I am the gift. And the, the beautiful part about this most amazing, amazing gift is how he gives the gift. Because how we get gifts in our culture, in our world today, well, the philosophers would call it karma. We, I would call it Santa Claus. You know why? You guys know the song, right? He's making a list and checking it. He's going to find out who's Santa Claus is coming to town. He knows if you've been sleeping. He knows if you're. He knows if you've been. So you better be good for goodness sake. You know how you get gifts from Santa? You better be good enough. You know how you get gifts from Jesus? You better be bad enough. Religion, every other religion says, you, it says the same thing that Santa Claus says. The way of Jesus says you're not good enough. And those of you that think you are, you're the worst of all because you have pride. And you think somehow because you're not as bad as Hitler that you can somehow get to heaven and be in the presence of God. That's ridiculous. The beauty of this is that that God says, you know, the only people who get, only people who get my gift are jacked up, screwed up people. Nobody good or nobody who thinks they're good ever gets it. It's the ones who just come going, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And that's the, the beautiful part about Christmas this year. And, and the idea of, of this gift we get, it's, you guys probably, have, everybody have, has gifts underneath your tree, right? Have names on them at this point. And of course, Santa Claus comes here in a bit and he's gonna have some gifts with names. All that and more. It's beautiful and powerful and amazing but what if you look at the gift and go, well, thanks for the gift and never open it? How dumb would that be, right? A gift is only good, and, and the gift is only as good as when you actually receive it. So you can know all about Jesus. You can be a fan of Jesus. You can say, I'd vote for Jesus. I believe in Jesus, all that stuff. That's not enough. There comes a point where you have to go, I'm, I'm gonna take Jesus for myself. It's this idea, if you wanna write this down, I'm gonna trust Jesus. Not just believe in him, I'm going to trust in him. And, and two things you've got to trust about Jesus. Number one, that he's the truth. You trust that he's the truth, that, that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. That he came here, he lived, he died, and he rose again. And he did the death and resurrection to validate his claim that he was God and that he would take your and my place on that cross, absorbing the wrath and judgment of God for my sin because I could not be good enough on my own. And he says, if you will just, just trust that and believe that, you can become a Christian today. You go, well, I don't get it all yet. I don't, I've been a Christian now for 35, 45, 55 years right now. I've lost track. I don't get it all yet. You don't have to get it all. All you know is I believe that Jesus did that 2,000 years ago. That counts for me today. And then it's not just that I believe it in my head, but it's I treasure him in my heart. It's trust and treasure. That I, Jesus said, you know what? Jesus said the greatest thing you could do is he said, Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He says, the greatest commandment is not fear God or obey God or serve God. The greatest commandment is love God. 
That's all about your heart. Saying, God, I treasure you with all my heart, all my soul, no matter what. Now that love will, love will ebb and flow and you'll feel it sometimes and not other times. But just, it's I trust him, I treasure him. If that's you today going, look, I've never made that decision to really follow Christ. I've heard about him. I maybe have grown up in a Christian family and I've heard all about things and I think I just kind of am because I was born into the family. You're not born into being a Christian. There comes the point you got to make a decision. So on that connection card that Grant talked to you about, if that's time for you to step over that line and say yes to Jesus today, to say, I'm going to trust you with my life. Here on Christmas Eve at 3.15, jot me a note about that. We'll chat some and figure out what those next steps are. And then for some of us, quite honestly, what happens for us, just like with the gifts that you get, you know, the longer you have an amazing gift, what happens after a while? You kind of go, eh, about it, even if you get the Tesla that you want. Or even if you, or whatever it is, whatever that Nintendo Switch or the puppy that you want or 3D virtual reality printing system, whatever it is that you, you get it, and after a while, you go, I've had it for a while, like, eh. Some of us who've been Christians for a while can get that way about Jesus. And what has happened with Jesus for some of us is he is in our life. He's in, like, if our life is a house, he's in it. We've invited him in. We believe in him. But he's over there in the closet next to the little table leaf that's going to come out today, tonight sometime, to have everybody over Christmas, next to the vacuum cleaner bags and the little belts, next, next to the little... Uh, TV tray things. He's just got stuff back in there. We just got used to him. My hope and prayer for you this week has been with a story that has become so like, yeah, God became a man, died on the cross. I believe in Jesus. Yada, yada, yada. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. That that would move from here and get rebirthed in here again. That you would once again treasure and love Jesus. So we're going to sing some songs today that are all about just expressing our heart and our love for Jesus. They're beautiful songs. You'll know most of these very, very well, but take some time as we sing these songs just to treasure Jesus. If you need prayer for anything today, our prayer team is at the back of the house. If you need prayer about anything, the lights are going to go down here. You can go back there and just talk to somebody back there. They'd love to pray with you about whatever's going on. Jesus, today, We don't want to just believe in you. We want to trust you. God, so reawaken, awaken, rebirth, trust, love, treasure in our hearts. What can I give?